Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. And actually, before we jump into it, a quick note, just a little bit before today's show, I uploaded a brand new video to the brand new channel, youtube.com slash a convo with. It's the fourth episode of my podcast. It is the first official video podcast on that channel. This episode's guest that I had a conversation with is Janelle Eliana, who of course has just burst onto the scene in a way that we have really just never seen before. So much so that, as I even mentioned last time, there are whole conspiracy theories about her rise, some of which super fantastically accuse me of somehow being involved, which I will say that is obviously false, but also, if I had that power, don't you think that I would have made Rogue Rocket, the YouTube channel, blow up? Yeah, like millions of other people, I found Janelle because she was plastered all over YouTube Recommended. I watched the two videos she had at that time, loved them, thoroughly enjoyed them. By that time, she was already blowing up, although I think she, at that point, was under a million subscribers. Around that same time, I emailed her public email saying, hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast, and then it happened. I get that there are questions because we've never really seen anyone rise from nothing like this before, but it does become extra frustrating for me to be called like this, this powerful puppet master behind the scenes when, like, my daily life is we get demonetized for like 16 hours, then they re-monetize it like an oops. But hey, you can judge for yourself. One of the top links in the description down below. Go watch the podcast, listen to the podcast, do whatever you want. But with that said, let's just jump into it. And the first thing we're gonna talk about today is this Brooke Hout situation that we're seeing on YouTube right now. If you're unfamiliar, she's this kind of a smaller slash medium-sized YouTuber. Historically, it looks like she has a variety of content, but recently there's a lot of videos about her Doberman. And she recently posted a video that was simply titled Plastic Wrap Prank on My Doberman. And in it, she puts up plastic wrap and she's playing with the dog, but the dog, you know, kind of keeps outsmarting her and is going under the plastic wrap. And seemingly, it's kind of this whatever video. But it appears that there was actually much more to the story. There was another video uploaded on the 5th titled Leaked Video of YouTuber Brooke Houts Hitting Her Dog. And just based off of the outfit, it appears to be from that same video. And based on a comment from the uploader, they wrote, The person who sent me this said that she accidentally uploaded it and they quickly recorded it. And adding when they refreshed the page, it was the edited version not showing this. Near the beginning of this video, we see the dog kind of jump up. This happens. They then come back into frame. Brooke then tries to continue the video. The dog seems excited and wants to play. And then this happens. She's then later filming what appears to be the end of the video. The dog still looks like it wants to play, and this happens. And while that was posted on the 5th, it really didn't start blowing up until last night, thanks to people sharing the video on Twitter. You had a lot of people enraged, saying that someone should, or that they were going to call the authorities. People demanding that her account be taken down, which actually on the note of accounts going down, her Twitter was down for a little, but then did come back and she posted, writing to everyone who has been commenting on my social media as of recently, then including four screenshots of a statement, and among other things saying, I apologize to anyone who has been affected negatively by the footage. Regarding that footage, she says, on the day in particular that the video was filmed, and actually this past week, things in my outside life have been less than exceptional. I am not going to play the victim card or anything of that sort, but I do want to point out that I am rarely as upset as what was shown in the footage. The bubbly, happy-go-lucky Brooke that you often see in my videos is typically an accurate representation of me, but it's obvious that I'm playing up my mood in this video when I'm clearly actually frustrated. Then going on to say this does not justify me yelling at my dog in the way that I did, and I am fully aware of that, saying she shouldn't have gotten as angry, she shouldn't have raised her voice and yelled at him, then adding, however, when my 75-pound Doberman is jumping up in my face with his mouth open, I do 
as a dog parent, have to show him that this behavior is unacceptable. But I want to make it known regardless of what my dog does. I should not have acted that way towards him. She goes on to say that she is not a dog abuser or animal abuser in any way, shape, or form, saying anyone who has witnessed or heard true animal abuse will be able to clearly see that. And going on to say, I know people are going to say you don't know how he really feels, and this is true, but if he was audibly and physically in pain, it would be a different story. And then adding, I also did not spit on my dog, but I understand how it could look like I did. Adding, did I get in his face and take unnecessary actions towards him? Yes, I did, and that was not the way I should have handled the situation. Did I spit on my dog? No. She then goes on to say that she and her family are in the process of getting him training, but adding that it's very expensive and essentially saying she couldn't do group training because there was another dog that bit her Doberman and now he acts a certain way. But adding that being said, I know I personally can learn more effective techniques to get his energy out and keep him disciplined as well. She then goes on to talk about how good of a relationship she has with her dog, adding I'm sorry that my actions in that particular moment did not reflect that. Also regarding why she deactivated her Twitter, she said she was doing that for her own mental health and no other reason besides that, I didn't think it was necessary for me to be reading those comments at that time. And closing, lastly, I don't want to make this statement seem like it's me defending myself because that is not my goal. I do want to point out what actually happened though. My intent by explaining the situation is to give those of you who are rightfully angry with me the explanation that you deserve. I'm getting my dog into training and I'm looking at ways to improve how I personally train him at home. On a serious note, I love you guys and I want to thank you for pointing out things that you think are wrong and discussing them because the world needs more of that. I hope you give me the chance to prove that these statements about myself do align with my actions. But that was not met well at all and the story actually continued to blow up even more. Many not believing that in that moment she did not spit on the dog. In addition to more people saying that they were willing to contact the authorities, you even had people like a fellow YouTuber Ethan Klein tweeting, I'm in LA and will literally buy your dog from you. Name any price. He really does need a new home. You also had people calling her a hypocrite and a liar, not only because they, they didn't believe you know this apology, but because some people went through her archive and found when she said things like this. Dogs do not respond well to punishment training where there's like a punishment or a backlash for not doing the right thing. Right, and so you had people saying, even if you didn't call this outright animal abuse and you were trying to, to argue that this was like, training but improperly uh, administered, it's still going against what you have publicly said that you do and are promoting. And so it raises the question of like, well, are there other things that she's lying about? Are there other instances on the on the editing room floor that we haven't seen? But ultimately that is where we are with this story right now. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens because I mean, lots of people have been contacting places like the ASPCA. People have now been contacting YouTube demanding not only the video but the channel be taken down. And with this, of course, I wanna pass the question off to you. Based off of what you've seen, based off of her, her reaction, apology, explanation thing. What, what, what's your takeaway from this? And as far as my opinion, I mean, I, I've seen some comments where it was like, uh, this is like first world dog abuse. I mean, I understand that she's not like hitting the dog repeatedly with like a stick or something. But for me, watching through the videos, looking at her statement, it feels like a lot of things fall short. She talks about how it was a bad day, then don't film. Two, regarding her saying she didn't spit on the dog, I guess my question is, and maybe this is a question for trainers, what what the hell happened at that one point in the video? Like, did she blow in its face or she's mimicking the sound of like a spitting thing? I mean, I'm open to the idea that I'm, I'm ignorant to like a really effective training technique that, I, that, that exists. That was part of her response that confused me. There's also something really frustrating frustrating and it brings me to anger of, you know, she's she's seemingly annoyed by this dog being so high energy, but she was the one in the video making it so high energy. She's like, chase me, chase me, look, we're filming, it's fun, I'm gonna get views from this. And then the moment that it doesn't suit her, it seems like there, all of a sudden there's anger and things get physical. Right? And you know how trained or untrained this dog that you're getting worked up for a video is. It's not like you randomly stumbled across this dog. But I guess the main thing is just looking at all of it. It just, it, it made me angry and disgusted and Here's the thing though, I know that I ask people in general, what are your thoughts to, to any dog trainers out there or, or people that are like super experienced in this? Cause I've, I've never owned a, a Doberman. Is anything like what we witnessed 
normal? It really doesn't feel it, despite some of the, the comments I see saying otherwise. Yeah, that's where I'll leave that one. Then, in online entertainment news that I think really puts some fire underneath Netflix and any other potential competitor out there, we already knew that Disney was going to be releasing their Netflix competitor, Disney Plus, but what they announced yesterday was a Disney bundle. In this bundle, you can get Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and the ad version of Hulu for just $12.99 a month, which is really just massive news. And I, and I mentioned this bundle because that seems even more specifically geared to be the Netflix competitor. Additionally, if you have just specific tastes and you don't need, you know, all the other stuff, you can just get Disney Plus also for $6.99 or $69.99 a year. The main point, I'm mainly excited because I think this is gonna make the online space far more interesting. More competition hopefully breeds more innovation uh, or maybe just weird swings, which on that note, a headline you might've seen today. Home Alone reboot coming to Disney Plus. This appears to be based off of on a, on a Tuesday earnings call. Bob Iger, who is the, he's the CEO of Disney. According to Entertainment Weekly, he quote, revealed that the recent acquisition of Fox will allow Disney Plus to be the home of the reimagining of many kid-friendly titles from the studio's library, including Home Alone, Night at the Museum, Cheaper by the Dozen, and Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Although it adds it's currently unclear if these reboots will be films or TV series. And obviously when it comes to a reboot, I'm not ready to go, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. But at the very least, this may proved to be interesting. But a question I'll pass off to you because I know a lot of you are cord cutters. I feel like the, the only person I know that still has a cable package. Are you excited by this announcement or is it is it more frustrating or you kind of, you don't care? Any and all thoughts and reasons I'd love to hear from you. And then let's talk about one of the biggest hoaxes that this country has ever seen, white, white supremacy. Is that... Is that, is that right? It's a hoax? I don't feel like, I think there's a mistake on the prompter. No, actually this story is about Tucker Carlson saying that white supremacy is a hoax. Last night he made some remarks that have now gone viral and uh, here, here's the clip. But the whole thing is a lie. If you were to assemble a list, a hierarchy of concerns, of problems this country faces, where would white supremacy be on the list? Right up there with Russia, probably. It's actually not a real problem in America. The combined membership of every white supremacist organization in this country would they be able to fit inside a college football stadium? I mean, seriously. This is a country where the average person is getting poorer, where the suicide rate is spiking. White supremacy, that's the problem. This is a hoax, just like the Russia hoax. It's a conspiracy theory used to divide the country and keep a hold on power. That's exactly what's going on. Right, and this upset a lot of people, especially on the heels of the El Paso shooting. You know, the gunman allegedly leaving behind a manifesto calling immigration an invasion, supporting the shooter in Christchurch, saying that the country should be divided by each race. And we saw people tweeting, fire Tucker Carlson, boycott Tucker Carlson. People calling the comments irresponsible, vile, disgusting, saying he's just on TV lying to America. You all saw some just debunking the points that he was making, like saying that all members of white supremacist organizations would fit into a college football stadium. With people pointing things out like, men like the El Paso suspect aren't, quote, members of an organization. Although that's not to say that people were not defending him. We also saw the hashtag, I stand with Tucker Carlson. Some saying they were glad someone finally called white supremacy a hoax. But the thing is, there are just numerous reports and studies that show that isn't the case. And according to the FBI, hate crimes are on the rise. There was a 17% increase in incidents between 2016 and 2017. And notably there, in over half the cases in 2017, the main bias motivation was race, ethnicity, and ancestry. In July, FBI Director Christopher Wray said that in the past nine months, around 100 people had been arrested for domestic terrorism and then added. And I will say that a uh, majority of the um, domestic terrorism uh, cases that we've investigated uh, are motivated by some version of 
what you might call white supremacist violence, but it includes other things as well. Even recently, even over the weekend in the FBI statement regarding the two tragic shootings, they said that the attack in El Paso, quote, underscores the continued threat posed by domestic violent extremists and perpetrators of hate crimes. And it doesn't matter that you feel like white supremacy is a hoax because, I mean, you don't know any white supremacists. The data is the data and the warning from the FBI is there. So it raises the question of, well, why are you denying it? Does it come from a place of ignorance or is there intent, motive, calculation? Right, and so on that note, I, I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts here? And the last thing we're going to talk about today is this huge news coming out of Honduras. So yesterday in Honduras, thousands of protesters took to the streets of the capital city to call for President Juan Orlando Hernandez to step down. The demonstration ultimately became violent when protesters clashed with the police. Police fired tear gas and water cannons at the protesters who reportedly responded by attacking police with sticks and stones. In all of this, it was also reported that three businesses caught fire during the protest. But of course, there's the question of, well, why is there a protest? And also, why do these protesters want the president to resign? And the answer is because on Friday, U.S. federal prosecutors filed a document in the Southern District of New York alleging that the president of Honduras received $1.5 million in drug money during his campaign for president in 2013. And according to the reports, the court filing said that Hernandez worked with his brother, former Congressman Tony Hernandez, and the previous president of Honduras to, quote, use drug trafficking to help assert power and control in Honduras. And going on to say that prosecutors claim that both the president and former president received money from drug traffickers in the form of cash bribes to Honduran officials, as well as gifts and favors to local politicians. The AP also reported that the court filing also alludes to multiple payments of $1 million or more from drug dealers to the former president as well. And actually also of note here, back in 2017, the former president's son was sentenced to 24 years in prison in the United States for drug trafficking. Now the president's office responded to the recent allegations on Twitter Saturday saying that Hernandez categorically denies the false and perverse accusation. And later in the day, Hernandez himself responded to the filings in a press conference where he claimed that the allegations were actually made by drug dealers who were trying to retaliate against him saying, quote, the drug traffickers are looking for revenge against the only president who's done what he's needed to do. And adding, these are false accusations made by a drug trafficker. Now the allegations in this new court filing are clearly very serious, but they, they also don't come as a complete surprise. Back in May, U.S. federal court documents revealed that Hernandez and some of his advisors were the subjects of a DEA investigation. Right, and that announcement was a big deal because it caused many to cast doubt on the United States' relationship with Honduras. If you don't know, the U.S. government is a strong supporter of Hernandez and his administration. They've given the country millions of dollars to stop cocaine from going from Central and South America to the United States. But again, the allegations shouldn't come as a surprise to the United States, and that's because the filings made on Friday are part of the pretrial documents in a case against the current president's brother, Tony Hernandez, who notably was arrested in Miami back in November of 2018 and charged with trafficking thousands of kilos of cocaine to the United States. With prosecutors reportedly describing Tony as, quote, a violent multi-ton drug trafficker who has a lot of influence and power over high-level officials in Honduras. Also, prosecutors claim that Tony Hernandez had directed Honduran National Police to escort his cocaine through international waters and airspace. Also saying that he directed the police to murder a rival drug trafficker and later appointed a police officer who murdered a rival drug trafficker to the chief of police. And since the arrest of his brother, President Hernandez has come under increased pressure. In fact, yesterday's protests are not the first demonstrations against Hernandez or the first protests calling for him to step down. Back in April, protesters in the Capitol launched anti-government demonstrations opposing proposed health and education reforms, which the protesters said could lead to mass layoffs of teachers and doctors. Those protests also became violent and hundreds of people had to be evacuated from buildings in the Capitol that had been set on fire. Then in June, we saw Hernandez deploy the military after protests in the Capitol against the reforms again became violent. And then a few weeks after that, the military received a ton of backlash after they opened fire on students protesting the same reforms and calling for Hernandez to resign. Others have also criticized Hernandez as becoming increasingly authoritarian in recent years, specifically noting the fact that he changed the constitution of the country so he could be elected to another four-year term in 2017. But on the other side of that, after the election, the U.S. State Department still certified that Honduras met good governance benchmarks. This despite the fact that Honduras was reportedly in turmoil over what was believed to be a fraudulent election. The State Department 
Department also formally recognized Hernandez as president after the 2017 election, despite calls from Congress and others to hold new election. And according to reports, 31 people died in a wave of protests accusing Hernandez of corruption and electoral fraud in the weeks before and after his inauguration. But since then, Hernandez has just increased his efforts to repress his critics and human rights activists. But that's some of the background, the buildup, what we're seeing now. As far as what happens from here, that's gonna be interesting to see. Some experts think that the new allegations could undermine US relations with Hernandez. Right, because right now, Hernandez and his government are already under pressure by the Trump administration to stop the flow of tens of thousands of Hondurans who are fleeing poverty and violence. But for now, we're gonna have to wait and see. And that's where I'm going to end today's show. Thank you so much for watching. Also, if you're not 100% filled in right now, if you wanna watch and or listen to my brand new podcast, you can click or tap right there. Or maybe you missed yesterday's show, you wanna catch up on that, you can click or tap right there. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.